0: Welcome to the Sober Vibes Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Anderson. I decided to end my decade-long love affair with alcohol in 2012 at 29 years old. I chose to live openly as a recovering alcoholic with honesty and humor while figuring it out one day at a time. This space will bring you weekly episodes of my own personal experiences with my addiction and sobriety, as well as me interviewing incredible souls who are living life without drugs and alcohol. This podcast is here to inspire you, empower you, uplift you, and bring you some laughter along the way in your own journey. Sit back, relax, and let's have a time. podcast is brought to you by my silver vibes coaching program you don't have to walk this journey alone when you work with me you'll get personalized one-on-one support and accountability you will have your own sobriety coach in your back pocket at all times i was on the shame guilt hangover and anxiety run and roller coaster for a decade when it came to my addiction with alcohol then i learned that i deserve to feel loved and be loved and that anything is possible in sobriety i know right now it sounds like a pipe dream but it's possible for you too just imagine how you will feel when you have someone rooting you on 24 seven, have tools in place that when you get an urge to drink, you know exactly what to do to not drink. Know how to eat well, understand how exercise affects your sobriety and healthy things you can do to make movement a regular part of your day without feeling overwhelmed or obligated. Have money to knock some things off your bucket list since you're no longer spending it on alcohol. Pay off the debt that's been adding up. I mean, think about it. Think. to $100 a week that you were spending on alcohol, what you now can spend it on. Get that promotion at work or make that job change you've always dreamed of. Enjoy an intimate relationship with your partner. Enjoy parties, celebrations, and get-togethers alcohol-free while still having a good time. And live a life that's fun and that you absolutely love living. You were meant to thrive, not just survive. I'm proof that you can live a life with alcohol and thrive. You don't have to be bored, it doesn't have to feel hard, and it doesn't have to be a struggle each and every day. Visit CourtneyRecovered.com Work With Me page to sign up for your one-on-one freedom consult call and learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sober Vice podcast. Guess what day it is? Holla. It's living on the LH day. That's right. You want to say hi, Kimmy?
1: What up, everybody?
0: What up, what up? What's new, sister? I feel like, uh, so last week we took, a, we took the week off, which was needed. Um, it was
1: needed. Yeah, it, was it was
0: needed. It was needed. So thank you, everyone, for being patient. And I hope you took that week to really um, sit and learn and learn from others of how you can be a better human. Right? Please be a better
1: human. That's really it's what everyone needs right now. Just be better, do your best, and think about how you would want to be treated. Really, it's just it's aggressive out there. It's rowdy, rowdy time. So, I hope everyone's staying safe and keeping their mental in check and just doing the best that they can. Love and kindness, y'all. That's it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, as my sister and I tell you guys, to be better humans. <laughs> Were we better humans when we trolled that that man? <laughs> no,
1: I don't think so. But he pissed me off. Courtney and I had a moment last night where um, I don't really, on any of my social media, uh, things get, like, too political. I kind of keep it light, and I just, you know, um, I definitely will voice my opinion if I think it's the right thing to do, and I have, but I really stay out of all, like, the jargon. But um, we somebody went after a family member last night. So Courtney and I had to rally and we went hard and really got this man in his feelings. But um just by being our usual dickhead selves and it really um pissed him off to the point where he um told me I look like a slut.
0: Hey called and her skangzilla.
1: Gangzilla. I was like a slut. Ooh my feelings. I love when men get um offended and that's like the first thing that they go to is calling a woman a slut or a whore or he what do you tell me i look like a goth gothic bitch or something and i was like none of these things offended i was laughing but like dudes let me tell you uh we have evolved as women and like no one gives a fuck so it's not like nineteen forty. And you calling us sluts is, like, really going to get us in our feels, so. Um, yeah,
0: that's a, that's not, like, offensive to people anymore. I'm just going like, to let everybody know that. But, you know, like, it's just like, what? So that's yeah, what you I, came at. And then at one point, my sister offered the man <laughs> for us to buy him a hooker.
1: <laughs> well, he seemed angry. Like, I think he, he needed, like, he needed a little bit of pussy. So I was like, you know you need some uh, Courtney and I will buy like you have some aggression baby get it out he didn't like that either but yeah uh men it's not the move to call girl sluts because like we don't care
0: okay right Right. exactly exactly so um I just want to say again that Silver Vibes um supports (laughs) sluts. Yeah, Silver Vibes supports lots. Kenny, let's real quick it's in, in all seriousness. Um, Silver Vibes supports the African American community and is totally against racism. So I, I I want to say that and I'm here to learn, and so is my sister, and and we are just here for you. So with that being said, we have wanted to talk about this for a very, very, very long time. And it just kind of seems, I think, right now at the appropriate amount of time of exposing things. And we would like to expose this because I think anyone new coming into the sobriety recovery world needs to understand, and this is not a takedown. I need to say this first. Please do not, anybody who is a participant of the 12 Steps group, because my sister and I have been both a part of it, this is not knocking it, but it is something in the program that happens and we would like to pre-warn men and women of of this 13th step. So Kim, do you want to explain the 13th step to people?
1: Um I do. And also from my side, I just don't want to uh people get real sensitive when talking about the program. And for those of you who do not know, um the program that I have been involved with, I'm currently still involved with uh, a, a member of NA um, Narcotics Anonymous, and that program has helped me immensely. Um, I have done work, and I still dip in the program with AA. I dip in and out, but I'm more—I uh, relate more to NA. Uh, they're both great programs, uh, you know. It's not the only way to get sober, but it is definitely a free network of people, and it has helped millions of people, and I have a lot of respect for both of the programs. Um, when I speak sometimes against the program with some things that I don't agree with, um, it is I have been um, attacked verbally for it, and people uh they think it is the only way and there's a lot of there's a lot of new ways and different ways and to me uh if you go to bed at night sober any which way you do it you're fucking winning so i don't care what you do you you want to be in the program you don't want to be in the program however it works for you do and um that's just my stance on it so what we're about to talk about it's not a knock at the program
0: so um So don't take it like that, but this has to be exposed because it's, it's, it's it's exposing predators and those those predators come in all different types of programs. As we know, uh, in all different uh, points of power, predators take advantage.
1: Yeah. So um, a 12 step program is working your 12 steps and um, there is a term in the program is called a 13th step. It's not an actual step. It's just a colloquial term um, that's used. So, what 13 to get 13 stepped is um, if you're in the program and you're under a year of sobriety, which in the program they say, if you know, when you're getting sober, not to have any relationships or to date for a year, it's just really to focus on your recovery, Um, you know, which I didn't follow that rule fully because I got into a relationship, um, a little before, uh, a year of recovery, but it is when a member of a 12 step program, um, who has X amount of years, anything over a year of recovery and they prey upon newcomers. Um, this can be, it's not, it's not just men. It's not just women. Um, both genders definitely exercise this behavior. So, but it's a thing. And I really, really speaking as a woman, I've experienced it and, um, it's bullshit. It's really, it's just, it's no good. You're going into a program, you're raw, you're vulnerable, you're scared. Um, Definitely in these programs, like people rally around, like how much recovery time you have—a year, ten years, twenty years. Um, you know, so it's like the people with the more years for like a newcomer, they're kind of like,
0: God, uh,
1: they're kind of like, it's yeah, kind, kind of, of,
0: yeah, like oh God, I mean, it's, it's like, like a m- status, status, yeah, and a meant You can look at this as a mentor, you know, just somebody of it's like, oh my God. And when you're sitting there like at day two, you're like, how the fuck did you do this for 10 years listening to other people say?
1: And, you know, when, when you're in a room full of addicts, you're dealing with like a lot of narcissists, a lot of, you got to definitely like know your audience. And just because people are sober and they have X amount of years, months, days, or whatever of sobriety, it does not mean that they are healthy.
0: And I cannot
1: reiterate that enough. Um,
0: I'm there, snap. snap I'm doing our snap. Snap, baby, snap. Can you hear um, that guys? And that and that is what needs to be key. And like you need to get to think of that. Like, okay. Continue. Yeah, just this is- does not thank you. Thank you, my love. <laughs> I
1: shall. Okay. I'm gonna continue my ass off. Um, it just doesn't mean that they're healthy. So you definitely like have to to know your audience. I feel most comfortable in a meeting with women. Um I have had experience in meetings where I can carry my own. I don't get sensitive, but sometimes when you're going in for a fucking meeting and you just want to go get a cup of coffee and sit and just like take that hour to do you like, um, you know, there's times where men have come up to me when I'm grabbing a coffee. Oh, you're new in the program. How, how much sobriety do you have? Blah, blah, blah. And, or after they try to catch you outside and, um, get your phone number to let you know if you need to talk about sobriety like and if I were vulnerable and like really needed that you know not saying all of them were like trying to come at me like I'm just like some little fucking hot number but it's definitely there was some opportunist behavior and it just felt very dirty to me it's like dude like it, leave me be I'm coming in here I'm minding my own business and it is a community and some people are there to help but um there's definitely in the program where I have been approached and like asked out or in the beginning I would give out my phone number because I'm like okay this is what you do to kind of grow a network and meet some like-minded people and reach out if you need to and then like the text got inappropriate And I just thought that we were talking about, you know, sobriety. (laughs) And I assumed, because that's my mistake sometimes, that people um, are not all pig people, fucking pigs, that they were just trying to be helpful from like a community stance. And it escalated. Quickly, and then I get turned off and I get resentful, and it's like, How dare these people in this program? I think that I'm going to a safe space. So, I kind of had to come to terms with know your audience and like read your room and know that not everybody has the best intention, but that's in life, right? You know, so, um, but just for women, I'm going to come and speak from a place of being a woman because that's what I know, um, being new. And going in those rooms is scary as hell. And I find now when I go um, to a meeting, it's an all-women's meeting. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't – I just don't um, – I won't because just too much bad shit has happened, and I've dealt with some sponsors, like uh, men, male sponsored who kind of had that superiority complex, and, like, we're definitely just not being appropriate. Um, uh Someone that I had dated is in the program, and I definitely got thirteen stepped by him. And it just um, my sobriety was always held like over my head, and I had to like behave a certain way. And like because he was so many years sober, I thought like he had it going on, and he was healthy and making all the right choices. And it was just a very much a uh, eye opening experience. And you know, so just because somebody has so many days, so many years, so many months of um, recovery. It just it doesn't mean they're healthy. So I just say like, be you know, don't be like guarded, like close yourself off. But definitely like, um, don't be so naive. And because you're also dealing with like a fellow addict, and they're sick too. And like that dry, there's a term. It's called dry drunk behavior. You know, you get off the shit, but like. um uh, addiction is a thinking disease and just because you're not on that shit doesn't mean you're not on that shit and that's like the only way I can explain it from my perspective um but it's sad you think you're going to a safe place and you still have to be on guard and uh, you know make sure that you're not taken advantage of which is very easy to happen and it could be happening and you don't even know it's happening so
0: uh stay woke people be careful out there. Right. You, You, and I've talked about it before too, where, um, you know, I sat with the woman's table, uh, that summer and that's just really where I felt comfortable. And I've said it before on, on, on anything you do, what you, in life, you need to take what you want and leave the rest with it. So, but I, want you guys to understand that this is out there and this does happen in that space. So, yeah. and, and you know, same thing. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day cause they were asking me, um, you know, coaching wise about dating people early on in sobriety. And this is the thing I can't, I was in a relationship. So what I was, was I supposed to just like end that relationship with Matt and be like, you know what, in a year I'm going to pick this up. But if you're not in a relationship, I'll never tell you to, to go a full year without dating because I just like, at the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do. And telling someone a full year, like that's a long, long time when you're trying just to deal with not drinking. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very hard. But the whole 13th, I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, I've had conversations with you, Kim, where, like, you've heard me cry about this before. It's just, like, kills me.
1: Well, yeah, and it's uh, – because it's sad, you know, and it's not just, like uh, – women do it, too. Women do it to men in the program, and, like, you know, so it's not – I'm not coming from some, like, like playing the victim for, like, women. It, it happens to both sides, and it's just – you know, it's sad that there are those predators out there that – um you know, opportunists that are looking to prey on people yeah. and with everything that's going on, it's coming to light more and more. There's some documentaries out about like 13 step that I've watched and um, just like talking to people and a couple of my home girls who are in the program. Like it's very funny how like the stories are similar. And mm-hmm. when you go into a meeting, you really do see the women flock to like the same table and stuff. And I like different perspectives. So, you know, when I go like in, at NA, I, there's this group of old timers who I love them. So I go and sit with them, but they're old cats and they're like respectable and they, they get it, you know, and they're not fucking savage animals. So I, um, I said with them, I'm not like women only, but I like different perspectives and listening to stories and stuff, but definitely. And like, and when you, when you get a little more experience in the rooms and start feeling comfortable, like, you know, open yourself up a little bit more. But um, I think in the beginning, it's just important to kind of like as a woman and we like talk about things that aren't really like socially acceptable, like at a table, if you need to get something out, like you don't want to feel ashamed about maybe like the promiscuous activity that happened while you were like using, or, you know, if you were down and out, how you might've had to use sex to pay for like your drug, whatever, alcohol. And, you know, so there's really, I think there's, um, it's empowering being with women in this program, but now I'm at the point like I'll, um, because I've experienced it and I know now and I'm not so raw and vulnerable
0: but it is definitely a vibe and it's not the move man
1: it's ridiculous
0: so so with that being said and and you know that's why I, I have I in the sober vibes group I only do women those virtual meetings I only do women and there's a reason for that so um to feel comfortable and to protect, you know, of just the fact of not having one try to slide into your DMs and use that as a space of trying to, uh, you know, to have some sex or whatever, whatever people do now. But what would you say, like, give us an example uh, from your perspective, like, how would one be like, okay, I'm, uh, this could be something that would be 13th step ish, you know, like a, a, a new person going in, what should they really watch out for? Because at the end of the day, and I'm going to say this, and I have to put this disclaimer in there. These programs of the 12 steps are just run by people, guys. So there is any opportunity for, for people not to really, yes, as, as you're working your steps. Are you, are you really going back to what my sister said about the dry, drunk behavior? Are you, are you really not sick? You know what I mean? Like how, how else are you helping yourself? And I want to add in, if you ever are working with a coach, especially to, in the sober coaching, the recovery coach, you want to hire a fucking business coach. You need to ask them if they're working with a coach other than just a business coach. Have they gone to therapy? Have they themselves used a coach? What have they done for themselves? Have they participated in a 12-step program? Because that is very, very important because you do not want to be preyed upon by somebody and taking advice from somebody who is not well. There's a reason therapists have therapists. That's uh, great, that's good, Courtney. Jesus oh, Christ. Should we snap on that?
1: Snap, snap, snap,
0: snap. But I'm oh, sick of it because I see it in such a space, and, and I've, I've said this to you before. I didn't turn over to this, like, sober coaching um, until it was, like, a year and a half ago because I had to work on myself. Like, people who get sober and then I see within a month, like, them starting a sober coaching business, teach their own. But I do have to say it, it's like like, what work did you do on yourself? Because at the end of the day, there is, um, cross addictions. And when you stop drinking, you want, you almost, it's like a, like drinking was that deflection of, of just being like, no, you know, coping and then deflecting your shit. So then instead of having to work on your own, you start jumping in with other people's fucking issues. And then it's almost like you become addicted to that. So for me, for, for me personally, the reason I've waited so long and I know that today, tomorrow, my sobriety is not promised to me and going on eight years sober, I waited for a long time because I had to work on my own shit and get like healthy and I'm still learning and growing, but I'm doing that too with professionals or fucking hiring a coach, always yeah. constantly working on personal or professional development, like meditating every day. Walking the walk. I will not walk the walk with the food, but I try to walk the walk as much as possible.
1: Yeah. And it's all, but that's great. Like if you're working with a sponsor or a sober coach, it's okay to ask questions. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I challenge people to do that because it's like just because they have that number behind them or they have that certification or doctorate or anything, it's like you can have all the things. I've seen the sickest motherfuckers, like, and they're like, lawyers and like people of power, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, Oh my God, like this is uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Just wow. You know? So actually asking them, it's like, what do you do on the daily to, to make yourself better, to keep, get in a healthy mindset, you know? And it's like, cause me personally, I try to do all the things like the therapist and, um, you know, guide to meditation and just, um, just trying to be very mindful to make myself better and reading. I'm a huge advocate on reading and, um, my podcast and just like really educating myself on things and being like so mindful where sometimes I'm like sick of myself. But I think, and I think even outside of like coaching, um, if you have a sponsor a coach, therapist, any of that, I think even in personal relationships, mm-hmm. those are good questions to ask people who you have relationships with because it's like, you know, it's at the point where you kind of got to like trim the fat and like, why would you want somebody around you if they're not, not trying to do better for themselves or being like a healthy mindset? So, um, can you imagine Courtney, if I go on like a first date with someone and I'm just like, so I have a couple of questions for you. And it's not like, what's your favorite color or any of the bullshit? Uh, what do you do on the daily? (laughs) To help yourself, to make yourself better, and contribute to society,
0: please well, tell me. But that's the thing, like you know, there and then there's a lot more than just like. I'm gonna start doing it. Yeah, I hope you do. And then if I they're know. like, what do you do? Will you be like, can you just press play on episode three on Sober Vibes podcast? Make sure to rate and review. <laughs> yeah, rate,
1: rate, rate and review people. Rate and review.
0: Um. <laughs> I have to say, too, real quick, and we'll get back to this because I don't want to forget this, but thank you so much, though, for everybody listening. We have charted on iTunes top 250 and and below in Australia, Canada, and United States, and I could fucking cry, but, like, I am so grateful for doing this. Right, Sissy? Oh,
1: yes. Courtney, don't cry.
0: Well, it's exciting. You know, it's good news. So, going back, though, Kim... Drop like a little, just like, what are a couple things that men and women, again, we're talking from the women's standpoint, but we're not excluding that women don't do this to men, um, need to look out for? Just like some signs of not to get 13th stepped. Well,
1: I would say like, if you're going into a room and you have the literature, like, um, you know, the big book is part of the program and working the steps. and I think if somebody approaches you and like the big thing is like you you build a network right and it's support um and if people and relationships start building outside of that but if somebody is like being an opportunist and maybe contacting you at inappropriate times or the text messaging or phone calls in the beginning start to stray away from the literature where like the work needs to get done and yeah. say you're on your first step and it like, you're trying to like work through that and, or your third step and it like strays away from talking about the program or sobriety and starts to get like a little personal, um, which it is personal obviously, but just strays away from the work. And I would say like someone is kind of being a little bit inappropriate because it's not the time you're trying to, work on yourself. You're trying to get better. You're trying to stay sober. Um, and you know, them trying to like floss their sobriety dick around with like, well, this is what I did. And you know, trying to like glamorize, uh, how much sobriety they have to make themselves look a certain type of way. Um, I would say you just got to really like hone in and watch people's, um, Behavior and how they're talking and their verbiage and like just with any relationship like red flags and if it strays away from any work from the program or sobriety and starts getting inappropriate, then I would say that is not the person to connect yourself with in the program. If you need to change meetings, you change Mm -hmm. meetings. It's Mm -hmm. not a problem. There's millions of them out there. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a, a hundred million meetings. There's different, they're at all different times. So, um, You know, and also like you could, as a newcomer, be going into um, a meeting and get wrapped up in the bullshit. And if you're not focused on being there for that hour and just for the, to do the work and to take the time to like, just, even if you just need to sit there quiet, but like if you start engaging and like, you know, uh, like as a social circle, because sometimes those meetings are like... It's, it's interesting. It's weird. They're all like real clicky and this and that. And everyone knows everyone's shit and they're like all addicts. So they all gossip
0: and it's like, that Become their, all of their problems become addiction.
1: Yeah. So then, you know, and, um,
0: are addicted to the problems. I'm sorry.
1: Getting, getting in there as a woman and then like not focusing on your sobriety and then like start lurking around and like, you know, I've seen women who they're more concerned with getting dick down in there in the program than they are um doing the work. So there's fault on all sides, but if you want to be healthy and you really, really want to shot at it and be sober, I would just be very mindful who you surround yourself with and um just know your audience because you're in a room full of sick people and sick people do sick things. So You just got to be careful. And I had to learn the lesson the hard way. And
0: it was unfortunate. Did you, you know, did your gut tell you anything though about that when that started? Did Uh, you ignore red flags? Yes. Yes. Okay, I ignored red flags
1: because of, yeah. But that's all also was like my codependency shit. And like, deeper stuff, but yeah, I ignored red flags for sure. But if I, now when I go to a meeting and I see things like, I definitely, that won't happen to me again, you know? Yeah. Um, or dealing with it, it this wasn't from a meeting or dealing with a fellow addict who's in the program. And so, you know, so now I like, no. And unfortunately, like I had to learn the, the hard way. And I feel like you know like as a female in the program with someone coming in and if the time is ever right or if i ever need to like sidebar someone and be like yo girlfriend like that's not the move and like kind of try to steer somebody in the right direction because it's all service work you do you work your steps and then to after to give back to help a fellow addict so if i can help someone and that's all i want to do is just help you know me i've been like that my whole life and um I just want to help. So if I can put a little perspective on anybody to not make the million fucking mistakes that I've made through my life, then like, I'm going to take that opportunity to do so. And, and I can read people pretty well. If they're, um, receptive to it, then I will help. And if they're not, then that's, then that's okay too. But, um, I'm always here and, And can, I have a lot of experience in life so far. So if I can help in any way, I just, you know, I want to, and I will. And to speak up on it, it's like, you know, it is definitely a thing that happens in that program that, um, uh, is not talked about enough.
0: It's not. Then, and I've been wanting to talk about this for, since we, since living on the edge started, but we know know I just wasn't ready. Yeah, you weren't ready, and it just wasn't, you know, the introduction of you should not have been the 13th step.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I had to tell my story.
0: You know, but it is something, though, and for anybody, if, if you're feeling, if your gut is telling you, if the red flags are coming up and you're feeling it, just, like, always trust your gut instincts, man. They never steer you wrong. They really don't. They no, they don't. They really don't. I've ignored it so many times, and it's
1: like, God, I should have, I, you know, should have, could have, would have, but it's crazy. And, you know, just because somebody is so many months, I like this saying in um, the program, which my friend um, Kellen told me that she learned from this old timer, and it's like, the person in the room with the most sobriety is the motherfucker who woke up earliest, you yeah. know? So, right. like, each day is a brand new day. And like you said, your sobriety isn't promised you tomorrow. So like you flashing your fucking sober dick around with, I have 15 years, I have 20. Like, that's fabulous. I am so happy for you, but like, let's talk about today. So like, that's the only thing that I'm interested in. So when I hear, when I watch people do that in rooms, I'm just like, And it's an amazing accomplishment. It's a feat. I'm not taken away from that. But I watch people use it in ways to where it's like trying to hold something over someone's head. And it's like, it's all ego. You know what I mean? That's their ego talking. It's not coming from a place of like love or like from their heart. That's them just fucking like stunting hard. And I'm not into it because I don't give a fuck. We're all in here together. I'm here. You're here.
0: And this is the thing, and this is where it gets really tricky because in the past two years, maybe even three years there, it's like a spectrum now that people compare the whole alcohol use disorder and like alcohol free and and then addiction, um, sobriety, you know, all of these terms are now like, are are now used, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say this. If you were overindulging with alcohol it's prob- and found some type of coping mechanism, you probably experienced some type of trauma in your life you have to heal from, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So from the way my sister and I talk about it, it's, from addiction. It's from being alcoholics. It's from, you know, years of trauma, her and I, that's not, that there was trauma that wasn't healed, that we acted out with drugs and alcohol. You know, you guys know the story. You've listened to the podcast with us. So you just have to remember when you're dealing with somebody, I will say that 90, 95% of the time, there are a lot of deep-seated issues underneath it and that is why they got deep with alcohol
1: yeah or yeah alcohol drugs sex food like you name it it's it's masking something so it's like you just gotta take it back and um if you want to and if you don't that's okay too but I can let you know like life is better uh you know life's better for me without a crack pipe in my hand You know, life's better for me without me um just being so like self loathing and like just self-deprecating and going down that rabbit hole and self-destructive, like all the selves. So um you can really and I have so much more work to do. Like it's wild. So um I'm excited to see what the other side of it is, but I feel like I'm on the other side of it and on the right track, but I still have so many things, but Um, I've acknowledged it and we're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you just got to be careful out there for predators. Predators, man.
0: That's what I refer them to. The 13th step, there's predators inside this structure of power, um, and it's power and control. And a lot of alcoholics have fucking control issues. So, uh, and I'll get angry about it because I don't like it. I don't.
1: Yeah. It just, it creates a different, uh, different power ratio. Like somebody gains power over a person who's really vulnerable and, um, powerless at that Mm -hmm. point when they're going into the program. So that's just what the whole 13th step is. Um, it's power and control and that's what predators are. That's what they seek. And it's fucking sick.
0: Sick. It's disgusting. I spit on them and then (laughs) Uh, I'll kick them all in the dinghies fuckers yeah really angers me Kim
1: oh I know you get heated I know I get I'm I get heated too I'm disgusted but I just like you know just I've dealt I've experienced and you know now I'm learning from it and it just like hopefully like I said I can just um shed a little light and I'm just gonna say it one more fucking time. It is not to knock the program. It's just a perspective, and it's something that's really going on. And just looking out for women, my fellow sisters and brothers too. Boys, watch out out there for those old cougs in the program because they do the same fucking thing. It's not just men. Women, yeah, is- women
0: do it too. It comes from a place of love from from two people who have you know, hold sobriety dear to their hearts. It really just does come from a place of love. So I support all angles to whatever road of recovery fits best for you. I am a firm believer of what works for you, works for you. We are not prescribed. We are not all prescribed the same dosage of medication. So same thing with vitamins. We're not all prescribed the same dosage of vitamin D. You know what I mean, UJ? Yeah, I do. (laughs) uh so my sister and i are going back to work full-time and this shit's opening y'all we're about to
1: like get in where you fit in it's
0: going to be rowdy it's going to be rowdy so for anybody we'll say this for anybody for actually for everybody be kind to your servers uh and just be patient man patient for your bartenders and your servers and uh this new world that's going to, that's a reopening here in Michigan. So.
1: Yeah. And like, I'm excited, you know, everyone's going to like get out of the house and stuff, but um please be kind and patient because this is all for, you know, it's scary. It's, it's anxiety. Like there's, I have some anxiety because you know, how people are going to act and come and demanding everyone's been in the house for three months and, is sick of cooking and cleaning and just because we're there to do it, please don't behave like a fucking bush pig because, um, you service industry workers don't deserve it. We're humans too. And we're there to provide a service. So, um, be kind and don't act like an entitled cocksucker because it's not going to work.
0: People are going to lose their mind. It's really going to be something, and I'm excited too. It's it's going to be nice to go back to work, and my legs are probably going to throb those first couple of days. Oh my god, Matt! You're just going to come home and collapse, and Matt's just going to stare at you like you're a fucking sloth. He will. But-, but I told him when I did my first carryout shift, and I was so winded afterwards, and like deliriously tired. And he was like, oh my God, you were gone for four hours. I was like, you wait, dude, you're going to go back to Chrysler and you are going to be exhausted when you come home. It like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of lessons have come from cor- this first quarantine because I I just, I'm just going to say this first quarantine. And I've really appreciated in this quarantine of just really um, connecting to some you know, family members and to just like reconnecting with Matthew with our walks. That has been great. I just think that there's, and you know, from my perspective that we can find some good of this quarantine and from friends I'm talking to, I just, it they kind of say the same thing of where they had to slow down in life. Yeah. Did you have lots of quarantine sex?
1: Kim. What? I'm asking. You're married. I'd like to know how married people move. Like what? What?
0: I know, but what? I don't want to put poor Matthew James on the side. His face would probably turn so red right now if he heard that. Listen, I will that say... He,
1: that he was knocking it out with the old ball and chain? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Matthew James and I have a very, very, very healthy sex life. That is all I'm going to say. It is healthy. I mean, but so, as, as it should be for two married people without kids, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, I was, God, I, I was just <laughs> asking you a fucking
0: question. <laughs> good, good, no, God. but Australia and Canada hear this, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're
1: horny over in Canada and Australia, trust me.
0: <laughs> oh, God, is there anything you would like to say in the perspective of your quarantine? You kicked ass. My sister really kicked ass. Her quarantine, she TCB'd some shit.
1: No, I'm actually. um, Quarantine was great. I got to, I was on a weird, like, in a weird, like, little bit of a headspace, and definitely because I work so much. And um, I learned that I need to pull back a little bit from yeah. work. It's not important to make money every single day of my life. And yeah. I scaled back. I was still, I was still moving and shaken during quarantine. So I never, which killed my sister. She was like, dude, I never, like, I didn't really stay in the house and I got out there and did some things um safely of course like you working and but face mask I did everything appropriate but I had to get some stuff done that from years of using I'm 40 years old years of using that I did not do like I had to tie up a bunch of loose ends there was like years of taxes that I had to do um from moving home from Denver. I still wasn't a Michigan resident. I, I made it to the uh, DMV in time. I got registered to vote in Michigan, which I'm excited about. I got a state ID. I went and got um, my packet from the secretary of state to get my driver's license back and, uh, you know, t- to take a drug test and do all this shit with this counselor. And I was doing my Zoom meetings and working with therapists. I've read like 10 books. I I bought a dog. I got a new dog coming in three weeks, which I'm super stoked about. His name's Drexel. He's a little French bulldog, which I've been dreaming about this dog for a while now. And um, I didn't gain a million pounds in quarantine, so that's always a plus. And, I did. Fuck. You know what, sister? You're a beautiful bitch, so it's okay. You're Thank fine. You. Thank you. I mean, I'm thick anyways. I don't want to be like all skinny, but I just like that could have gone real bad. Like just sitting in the house, just fucking eating my feelings. So I did not do that, which I'm proud of. And, um, you know, I, I stayed connected with my friends and my family and my people. And I just like, I think I, I think I did. Okay. I do. I think I did. Okay. I'm kind of proud of myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you I made, have, made it happen. You made it happen. You made moves. Made moves, and that's the other thing too. Um, because you stop using anyone who stops using or drinking does not mean that like the next day that your life is on track. I, I'm going to talk about this in another episode when I do a solo one. But like, you have to understand it's a process. So, and this isn't like. I always tell Kim, I'm like, that's about right. The time frame's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I'll be go- I'll like be going through something and like losing my fucking mind and Courtney's like okay like two years two and a half years like one year you know like she's always like and some things like I have perspective on or like I can see with like clarity or things that I'm working through and you know Courtney being a sober coach and like and dealing with it herself she's always like lets me know like my timelines right so I don't feel like an insane person but um Yeah. And I definitely have being so independent, like I was able to like, you know, times are tough right now. I didn't have to like ask I told Courtney this the other day. I didn't have to ask her or my best friend to like borrow money to like pay my phone. Like I I definitely kept it steady and it helped my confidence and knowing Mm -hmm. like I was completely fine. I did everything by myself and handle the quarantine alone and did it with style and grace. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. So did yes. it, really it was, was um and it made me, you know, every night I prayed for people who are suffering and um people who are um uh, dealing with their addiction through this quarantine because that must have been really hard. And the past three months, months coming out of this is gonna be a blur front for them. And it just like it made me sad. That would be real hard to have a I just thought I'm like, God, how would I have handled like being like a drug addiction, like through all of that, like how I was before, like, you know, that just, it made me really sad because there's a lot of people out there with, it just, it made me sad for them because um, it would have been scary, you know, and money not coming in and not being able to work. Like, how do you feed that addiction? So um, I'm blessed you know
0: so blessed it's the same thing with too with uh people at home fucking just getting shit-faced every day Being, yeah I have
1: like, I've been watching that like go on and I've been watching it go on with some friends and like um you know talking with people who are just like getting fucking in the beginning it was like they were freaking out because they thought the liquor stores were going to close here in Michigan and watching like the pandemonium of that and it's like um you know it's like It was crazy, but however people deal with things, Mm -hmm. however they cope, you can just see where they're at, like mentally, but no judgment. Like if you want to drink your way through a quarantine, do you, it's like, you're not going to really feel good. Like your body's going to be stressed and you're not going to feel good mentally. But like, if that's, I don't, I don't judge like whatever, whatever people need to do, do, but there's other ways to live,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, and that's what this podcast is all about is sharing, sharing these stories and, and letting people know who are struggling and silent of there there's, there's fun in life to be had after drinking. Cause that is the number one thing that I get. The number one thing when people reach out to me or on my, uh, this like intake thing that I do, it's, will I ever have fun? I'm scared to not have fun or socialize. It's this aspect of people think they, they assume, and I get it. I was there. That was one of my um, fears of how yeah. will I ever have fun again? But that's what it's here. This conversation it's, it's about of letting you know that life does go on after drinking and, and then it is a, it's a fun life. It's just, it just looks different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my, this summer, I'm like,
1: I, you know, last summer was so, such a bad summer for me. And I had such a bad time that like, I, um, this summer, I just want to have fun and like lighthearted. And like, I'm my personality. I can, I know now, like I'm comfortable with myself. Like I am a fucking ball. Like I can still laugh. There's light and like, life is good, man. I, it's a crazy right now what's going on. Like, I can't even put into words, like all the balls in the air of like, what has taken place, but, um, you can't hone in on the negative all the time. Like you got to look at some positive and that's why like you and I were talking, it's like, all right, I got my news for the day. Uh, that's it. I'm going to detach. I'm going to get off social media. You know, you can only take so fucking much before it like consumes you. So it's the same with like your fears about sobriety. Like you can't just look at what you're not going to do and like all the things that you are going to do. And it is a, it is a process because things like I hadn't gotten done and like really needed to take the lead on. Like I wouldn't have been able to do any of those things if I were using, cause I would have said, Oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Which my whole life it was, I'll do it tomorrow. And um, so, yeah, I just like it's quarantine. I just wanted to like make the best of it and just not focus on the fucking awful. Cause we all know it's awful right now. What's going on, whatever your stance is, whatever it's like, sad for humanity what's going on right now so you gotta take ownership and take control and just like look at the fucking good because there's a lot of good and there's yeah. a lot of good people out there they're not all bags.
0: Yeah. yeah and i really did take that when i watched um michelle obama's i read her becoming book last year which i recommend for all the fans of michelle obama because i know there's not some but
1: Maybe even the haters, dude, like people who hate on that woman, like, why don't you read her fucking book and get to know her before you just like assume what she is or what she's about?
0: Cause you learn a lot. So, but in her documentary and it came out a couple, a couple weeks ago and she said it. And ever since she said it, I'm like, you know what? That's fucking true. And that is from a lady who traveled the goddamn world and saw it for eight years. She said in there, she goes, I wish people would see.
1: Oh, Oh god! Here she goes, y'all. My sister (laughs) is such an emotional son of a bitch. Here she goes. Let it out, says. Oh, my God.
0: She goes. What'd she say? Tell us. She said, I wish people could see what I see. She goes, because there's a lot more good than there is bad in the world she's like and i know it i've seen it i've shaken hands with it like she just and it was just like holy fuck and it's right and you know you get the news outlets and all that and like people and especially too with the riots and that's why i've been trying to share like good like good things of these communities coming together because it's like that's the stories like the the that hot sheriff in flint michigan like good god you know of him oh my god.
1: Whoever that man is, find out <laughs> if he is married and if he is not, a holler at your girl. That was yeah. great.
0: So they're, they're, those good stories need to be shared more, but that's, you know, that's a whole thing of the media. But anyways, so I'm really proud of you for sharing about the 13th step today and too with our quarantine. I mean, it's been a fun quarantine with you and I, and I'm not trying to sound like insensitive to other people, but like you and I like we talked every day almost sometimes two to three times a day
1: <laughs> yeah but too like i need yeah and i thank you for that you know cuz there's sometimes where i know you were like get in your zone and like you got
0: shit going on with your husband and stuff so it was really like Wait, you
1: can't... helped me more than you know
0: yeah, um there was one night kim texted me and i was having anxiety and i was like and i just texted her back she facetime me and i just texted her back anxiety <laughs> yeah she's like I burned my fucking hand pick up your phone
1: (laughs) well yeah my sister and I have like these code words for like boundaries like I know if she's like you know we know when like we just want to detach and like not talk but we always check in and make sure we're moving okay in the day and whatever but I had burnt like literally burnt the shit out of my hand and I like was trying to call her and be like dude what do I do like showing her blistering up and the bitch wasn't, she was like pushing me a voicemail. So she said anxiety. And I was like, dude, I need help. Like, please. And she's like, do you need to go to the hospital? And I'm like, no, dick. I don't need to go to the hospital. I just want to make sure I'm like, my hand's not going to fall off. Please. So her I, hands had go- I had to call Brandy in San
0: Francisco and talk to her. She had to save me. But here's, <laughs> the, here's the kick in the dick about the, this karma. And it does exist. Uh, I to
1: like, oh, when- listen to this. This <laughs>
0: so here's a kick in the dick about karma uh matthew and i go to hilton Head a couple weeks ago and we didn't have a coffee maker in our condo which is like fine so there was a little general store that was i don't know like a half mile walk from where the condo was so i walked there every day to get coffee and this day matt wasn't golfing so i was like do you want a coffee he was like sure so I'm walking back with these two like large coffees and the one just slips through my hand and I tried catching it because that's your reaction and the lid slid off and the coffee like bounced up and landed on my hand and my fingers. So I have my own third degree burns. <laughs>
1: yeah. Courtney called me, and she's like, oh, I burned my hand. I wasn't interested, y'all, because I burned my hand. And she was watching The Housewives and couldn't answer her sister. But she did fuck up her hand pretty bad. I was like, ooh, that's going to hurt. But we both still have our hands, everyone. Don't worry. We're good. Yeah, Life is good. Life's good. All right. Well, sister, thanks for talking today. Yes, thank you. And I do want to say I love you the most for being just like a rock for me during that quarantine, you know, living alone. Those those daily FaceTimes and phone calls uh mean more than you know.
0: Same, Sissy, same. Love you. All right. Uh we will we'll see you next week and then you know, Kimmy June will be back in a couple weeks.
1: All right, y'all. Be good to one another. Love you guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already please rate and review the podcast and let's keep this trend going charting on iTunes. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.